Hi, this is Robert P. Jones. I'm CEO and founder at PRRI, and I never listened. I doubt it. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Thalamore. Welcome, one and all. Thank you for joining us. Episode 714 of I Doubt It Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Dollamore. Joined today, lovely, the talented, the scholarly co-host extraordinaire. You hear that? Extraordinaire. Brittany Page, everybody. Merry Christmas Eve. Eve. It's Eve Eve. Well, not for long. One year. <laughs> you just reminded me of this. Maybe I've talked about this on the show before. One year when we were kids, mm-hmm. we begged the fuck out of our parents to open a present early because mm. we were a Christmas Eve family. Meaning you opened... On Christmas Eve evening is when we opened gifts, not Christmas morning. Hmm. Interesting. We didn't... Like, we never believed in Santa. I think my mom tried to tried to pull that bullshit early on, like one year or something, and... Either we didn't buy it or she wasn't committed enough to the lie. And we just, we weren't uh, waiting around for Santa, you know, the cookies and all that. We didn't do that. So we, my family, not just my immediate family, but like the extended family also was a Christmas Eve evening present. Anyway, I'm going on the fucking great programming here. Um, One year, this is when we lived in Missouri, my little brother and I convinced my parents to open one gift on Christmas Eve Eve. Oh. And then one was like, okay, one more, just one more. And then next thing you know, Christmas Eve Eve, we opened every fucking present. Wow. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. Very impressive. Yeah, it was uh, in the moment. This is one of those things about delaying gratification that Mm. we talk about. Yeah. It was wonderful in the moment. And then Christmas Eve came. And you didn't have shit to open. That's a bummer. <laughs> you got to save the presents. Which is also kind of a bummer about uh, opening presents on Christmas Eve anyway, because all your friends, they're in the action on Christmas morning. You're your ass out. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we were definitely a Christmas day family. <laughs> Christmas morning. Uh, yeah, Christmas morning. Um, wasn't always... Wasn't always... Sweetness and lights. Yeah, that's why I kind of laughed when I said family. Like, it, I don't know, the family, like, getting together and opening. I don't know. It wasn't always warm and cozy, but... Not a TV moment. But... Some, Everybody in their jammies. Sometimes it was, though. <laughs> and it was actually really similar to the SNL skit that they did recently, where the mom isn't getting anything, and it's miserable for her. Yeah, and, she gets a robe. <laughs> yeah, all the kids get everything fun, and they're having a great time, and mom just has to watch. We always felt like that. We were always very aware of it, because my mom's birthday's on Christmas as well. Oh, yeah, that's right. And we would always go out of our way, I think, from what I remember. Don't know how she feels about it. Um, we'll never know. Draw attention to her birthday and really make it special and sing her happy birthday. But it's tough when your your birthday's on Christmas. Yeah, yeah. I think anytime you have a birthday 
around Christmas time, especially for a kid. I mean, when you're an adult, just suck it up. That's just what it, what it is. But yeah. when you're a kid, that's a fucking bummer, man. For sure. Because people try to do the old, oh, yeah, this is this is a dual gift. Yeah. It's no good for a kid. Definitely not. <laughs> Definitely not. But Christmas used to be a time of, like, crushing sadness for me. Like, I would hear a Christmas song and I would feel like a weight on my chest, like I couldn't breathe. And I was actually noticing the other day I heard a Christmas song and I, I didn't feel that. And huh. I actually felt really happy. And I don't know if that is just like the passage of time and kind of accepting the way that things are with my family or like internal work that I've done on myself through therapy or just feeling happy because the holidays are here and I'm doing okay and people are alive and happy and (laughs) there's things to be thankful about yeah I can recognize that things are okay um but it was a nice realization to have yeah Yeah. I mean unless it was that fucking Mariah Carey Christmas song that was making you happy because then there are deeper issues that you need to to work through because that song is a goddamn Earwig in music form. Well, I don't mind the song. Um, so <laughs> Not great. Well, that's your opinion. It also and made her like $60 million. She has a lot of money because of it. Because of that one, one song, she's made like 50 or 60 million bucks. Yeah, you know, not not every singer needs to do Christmas songs, you know? It's I, a cash cow, man. I, I get what they're trying to do, but I don't need to hear, I don't need to hear it. I definitely don't need to hear it. I don't need to hear it. I don't like, and this might come as a shock to some people, I don't like what, when I was a Christian and in the church really heavy, uh, referred to as like uh, secular Christmas music. Hmm. I really like Jesus Christmas music, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I was never part of the war on Christmas. Right. I was always trying to keep the Christ in Christmas. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I when I think back on being in church, I enjoyed um I enjoyed the the Christmas services and the Christmas music and we would always do a a candle lit ceremony for Christmas hmm. where someone would start at the front of the congregation and light their candle and then everyone would kind of turn to each other and light light the candles and it was a really moving thing, you know, to be singing in the room with everybody and huh. we never I was always non-denominational evangelical Pentecostal types. We never really, we never had the every year Easter service that I remember being like a ceremonial. Yeah. I don't remember that. Well, I mean, I'm saying that it was great, but it wasn't super great if the little paper wax catcher that you had around your candle, uh, like got bent and misshapen and then the wax started melting down to your finger. That was sometimes not a good situation. <laughs> like, quick, blow out your candle, you know? It sounds like a fucking fire hazard just in general. Well, a bunch of idiots in, 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 with candles. You can't trust people. Yeah, especially with, like, the kids in my family. I don't know. You just got to be careful with who you're handing candles to, you know? I think just in general. <laughs> anyway... Uh, here we are, episode 714. I think uh, there's probably no better time 
than to get to some listener communication. If you too would like to sound off, we would love to invite you to, especially if you're someone who hasn't before. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo or an email to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Well, speaking of that, we got some gifts that we want to talk about. And the first is from Jack. Jack sent us, he creates these very beautiful, ornate elves. And I think they double, they might even actually their purpose be uh, a Christmas tree ornament because they've got a little hook on them and stuff. Yeah, now he's making them with stands. Yeah, we have awesome. one that has a stand, so it stands up on his it, its own. And he sent us a little card with it. Merry Christmas, however you choose to celebrate it. Go stir crazy in Tacoma. Much love, Jack, because he lives in Tacoma, Washington. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody's going a little stir crazy. Well, yeah. if you're taking this shit seriously anyway, you're going a little stir crazy. Anyway... Jack, thank you so much. A second year, we're starting a collection now. We also keep them up all year. They are absolutely on display all year round. And they're awesome. Yeah. It really does. It's kind of a slap in the face receiving these because (laughs) all it does, and this is just between you and me, Jack, um, it really does highlight what a talentless fuck I am in so many ways. Or at least in the ways, (laughs) at least I'm talentless in the ways that I wish I wasn't. Sure. Like, I wish I was crafty and artistic, and I am fucking not. Yeah, well, and he makes them by hand. I mean, they are, they start out as, I don't know what material it is, but they start out as just pieces of clay or whatever he's using. Yeah, I think it's clay. I think he, like, fires up, and like, he heats them up and makes them hard. Yeah, it's very impressive. So we appreciate it. Thank you for sharing your gifts they're with us. They're hand-painted. They're fucking awesome. We tried to get him to sell them last year, and I think it was just overwhelming pressure. He's just like, nah, I can't fucking do it. It's too much. Well, because I think it's a hobby for him. Yeah, he doesn't yeah, yeah. necessarily want to make money off it. But if that changes, Jack, let us know, and we will promote the shit out of that yeah. for you. So. Maybe you could start a, an Etsy, or a, I was going to make a joke about Jeff Bezos, but yeah. fuck that guy. Okay, so as we're continuing with this gift talk, we actually received some fan art. You almost sounded angry at this fucking gift talk. I do? No, you didn't. I'm making fun. Well, um, I I am very upset about the gifts that we receive. I wish that we <laughs> would no longer receive them. Yeah. It just it ruins just, my day. It ru- ru- ruins my day. <laughs> okay. So we, we got fan art, which we love. We get from time to time, and we cherish it. Again, slap in my fucking face. Yes. And this was actually... Highlighting what a talentless fucking shit heel I am. This was actually a drawing of both of us, kind of like a logo for the show. Yeah. And Popeye is is on the new logo yeah, and, that was created here. <laughs> and and uh, really in classic Popeye form, Midnap. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and wearing his new bandana, which is very nice. It, it, nice touch because you just bought the fucking bandana. Yes. This shows how up to date this is. For sure. So I'm going to read the message. And but- further... More of a slap in the face that so quickly something can be done. I don't have that ability. But before I read the message, I want to say that I started reading it to Jesse when we were in the car on the way home from the grocery store. And it's it's 
an emotional message. And then there's kind of a segue into talking about the art. And we were kind of on this roller coaster of emotions where we are very emotional because of the message. And then we hear about the the artwork and then we open it and we were literally laughing out loud with joy. I, I was clapping. I was applauding while driving the car. Yes. <laughs> so I know that it's tough because we're talking about this photo and you can't see it. But the reason that we're talking about it so much is because we're actually going to be sending it as a gift to all of the Patreon supporters this year. All of them. So even if you are, are at like a, the $2 level... All levels. So if you haven't provided your email address uh, or your, I'm sorry, your mailing address. Yeah. uh, Get in there on Patreon and update your information because we're going to be sending these to everybody. Yeah. We already ordered them. They're on their way. When we get them, they're going to go out. So make sure you update your stuff. So here is the message. Hey, Jesse and Brittany. This is Sarah from Connecticut. I've been a longtime listener of your show going on three years or more now and have finally gotten around to writing an email. I became a licensed mortician mid-2019 and before the end of my first full year as a funeral director, COVID-19 had hit our shores. I have witnessed entire households pass away, buried a husband days after burying their wife, and watched an entire community grieve. The hardest hit for me personally was burying a beloved coworker and mentor. Your podcasts have truly helped me in those difficult times when the hours were long, dark, and demanding. So as a thank you, I created an illustration for you guys. Along with mortuary science, I also have a degree in fine arts. I hope you both like it. Merry Christmas and happy holidays. Sincerely, Sarah from Connecticut. It really does encapsulate everything this year has been. And I cannot imagine being in Sarah's position really on, you know, like healthcare workers, you're on the front lines of the coronavirus pandemic if you're in her business, mm-hmm. really witnessing the destruction. You're not even getting to see some of the heal, the healing and the the recovery that gets to take place. You're really just in the fucking trenches. Mm-hmm. So thank you for what you do. and And also... You know, more more of a of a bright note. Thank you for the amazing. I guess we're calling it a logo. Yeah. Stickers are coming. We we asked permission. We to, did. to use it. Yep. And uh, we're going to be sending those out, which leads me actually to a second bit of news that's relative. I mean, it's adjacent to logo related news, mm-hmm. and that is after the first of the year, the first show of of the new year. We're changing the name of the show. Ooh. We're changing the intro to the show. We're changing the logo, obviously, of the show. That's a lot of changes. Yeah. Well, let, here's here's why. Well, let's say what we're changing it to. Yeah, it's not a giant departure. <laughs> um, we're changing it from I Doubt It with Dollamore to I Doubt It with Jesse Dollamore. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, what a change. Yeah, it's quite the leap. No, we're, we're changing it just I Doubt It. I Doubt It podcast. Mm-hmm. And for many years, well, first of all, when we started the show on March 11th, 2014, 714 episodes ago, mm. we weren't sure, Brittany wasn't sure what role she was going to really have on the show. 
Well, and if you go back and listen to those episodes <laughs> from the beginning, that is also apparent just from listening. Yeah, I yeah, was yeah. hesitant to speak. I was fearful of the whole thing. And that was largely because I was starting grad school. Yeah. And I was afraid of how doing a podcast, talking about controversial things might affect that. And it never did. Uh, no one ever cared. <laughs> <laughs> I very much overestimated how much people give a shit about what I do. <laughs> and they do not. So uh, that was part of it. But I have grown more comfortable and actually found that, like we've talked about, Jesse, uh, with people always kind of saying to us, I think that you will end up on the radio. I think that you will end up on TV. You know, the things that people have talked about, given how, I guess, opinionated we are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that is something we've heard independently throughout our lives. Yeah. Um, and this is something that I I really enjoy doing and you really enjoy doing. We enjoy doing together. So in the beginning, unsure of my role. So it it was I doubt it with Dollamore because that was your name. And yeah, it was going to be my show. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I don't want to belabor this. We're changing the name of the show. But one of the main reasons we're changing the name of the show is because I get sick and fucking tired I don't know why I'm so aggressive about it, but I get I get bothered by the fact that oftentimes, and these aren't isolated incidents, oftentimes Brittany will say something. She'll go on a three-minute jag just espousing brilliance, super smart shit, she'll say, and people will call or write in and give me credit for the thing that Brittany said. And I don't it's I I it can't, it can't be intentional. But I think oftentimes, because I'm the loud, brash one, and my name's on the fucking show, I get credit for shit that I don't deserve credit for. So I, it, it's a small way to try to avoid that. I doubt it will be the name of the show. Our logo has I doubt it with with Jesse Dollimore and Brittany Page right on the deal. Um. We're going to move forward figuring out what we're going to do with like the Dollamocracy segment. Maybe we'll keep it. I don't know. Maybe we'll ask the audience. Um, the website is still dollamore.com, but if you go to idoubtitpodcast.com, it redirects you. Some of these things we're going to address in the future, but the first and foremost thing is that we are changing the name, the logo, the intro, all that shit is changing, and we're looking forward to a new year filled with a lot more interviews, a lot more things. We're going to really, really grow this thing into something um, new and awesome. I mean, it's awesome now, but there, there's just a lot of room for growth. And also, no more cartoon faces. Yeah, <laughs> so that's is... that's something that's always bothered you, actually. You you have never really loved the logo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I appreciate all everything that you're saying, but I mean really it's that you don't want the cartoon faces anymore. Right, yeah. That's that's really the reason. <laughs> um no, but I, I appreciate what you said. I in many ways <laughs> it has been an interesting lesson to see how some of the things that you see, I mean, just in everyday workplaces, you know, a lot of the stereotypes of ideas that women bring up in meetings being given to the man yeah. next to her. And, yeah. Um, 
I don't I don't want to belabor all that and and get into it, but it it's been an interesting eye-opening experience at times. It to, certainly has for me. To see even people with a liberal political orientation engage in some of that. People who consider themselves progressive even. Yeah, and I, I mean it we all have a bias. We we all have a tendency to do that. Um and I appreciate that it's something that you are bothered by and notice and want to do something to correct. And you don't just do that here. You, you know, look for opportunities to do that elsewhere. And I think that that's what's really important, you know, is not just worrying about me being personally slighted. Who really cares about that? <laughs> it's uh, a larger issue, you know. You, you're right. Uh, I am a fantastic person with a big, giant heart. <laughs> and I deserve all the accolades, Brittany. It, it is... Uh... Well, I didn't know that that would be <laughs> the result of all that. So, so, so anyway, we, we'd love to know what you think. Uh, again, 657-464-7609. Well, how are they supposed to let we let them let us know what they think if they haven't seen the new logo yet? Oh, the whole fucking idea. They're okay. going to have to let us know after the first of the year. Well, I think... Oh, it- also, we were printing new stickers for that, which will also go out. So you'll get kind of this... This last homage, if you will, and Sarah didn't even know about any of this. No one did. You'll get the sticker with uh, the the awesome thing she made mm-hmm. along with a new I Doubt It podcast sticker. Yeah. So make sure you're signed up on Patreon. It's going to go out to all of the Patreon su- uh, supporters regardless of the level of contribution. So I know sometimes if you sign up for like $2, for example, it doesn't give you the opportunity or it doesn't alert you, I guess, to put your address in because you're not necessarily going to get a physical reward at that level. But you still have the option to send us your address if you would want one. So just put your address up in your account on Patreon or send us a message through Patreon with your address and we will make sure that those stickers go out to you. Also, if you were one of those people that said uh, you were deferring the gift or the, the perk, right. that you, you didn't want that, just sign up, get your address in there and we'll send you a sticker. Exactly. But being so awesome. <laughs> and if you haven't signed up for Patreon, well, we almost missed an opportunity to plug Patreon. What is wrong with us? Mm-hmm. So if you're not, Already a patron, and you'd like to help support the show to help produce the show, go to dollamore.com slash Patreon, and it will uh, redirect you to our Patreon site. Sign up for any tier, make sure you leave your address, and you will also get these two stickers we're talking about. And we know that this year has been very strange for many of us, um, us included, and that is evident in the fact that we had to take time off with the family medical emergency over the summer. And it has continued to be weird at certain points. And we appreciate the audience for going through that with us. And we've gotten many messages of people just checking in and saying, this is what's been going on with me. I really appreciate the show. This isn't meant to be read on air, but I just want to let you know I'm out here listening and I really appreciate it. It's helping me get through the days. And those messages have meant so much to us. For sure. And we really appreciate Appreciate everyone hanging in there with us through this very weird year. And as we move into 2021, we're hoping for things to get better, things to be a little bit brighter. And uh, we're thankful that you're sticking around with us. Absolutely. Happy New Year, everybody. Almost. Almost. 
All right, let's get to some calls. Back to kind of the normal course of business. Kylie in Colorado. Hey, Brittany. Hey, Jesse. This is Kylie from Colorado. I haven't called in like a year. It's been a while, but I've been listening. Um, I just want to talk about Pete Buttigieg for a second. Um, fuck that guy. Also, fuck Tulsi Gabbard. I can't believe that Pete has uh, failed up as successfully as he has. I think it's like the epitome of a mediocre person with savvy words being able to advance um, up the ladder with not really many qualifications to do so. Um, and then I have another question for you guys. Um, what do you say or what do you think about being able to actually hold President Trump, well, disgusting, Trump accountable for all of the laws that he's broken, all of the things that he's done during his last four years, all the crimes he's committed, all the crimes his family has committed. I know in this country we don't really like to prosecute our political opponents or whatever, but this is really, this has been ridiculous. Uh, we'd love to know what you guys think. Uh, Brittany's the best part. Love you too, Jesse. And Papa. All right. Bye. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Bye. I share in your, um, Fuck that guy attitude about Pete Buttigieg. Looks, and I don't mean like, yeah, fuck that guy. I just, I do believe he is, he is, um, he has some talents that lend themselves to politics. His ability to mimic uh, the the oratory style of of, of Barack Obama, and uh, but I, listen, I don't think he's completely unqualified entirely. He's certainly a smart guy. Um. I'm wondering if this was a particular issue for Kylie in the aftermath of him being announced as the transportation secretary pick. Yeah, well, I was that was my next thing was that I don't believe he's qualified for that particular position. Uh, this is kind of a political patronage job where he's served Joe Biden well on the campaign trail and hereby rewarded with the secretary of transportation, a cabinet secretary in his 30s. From a mid-sized town in in Indiana, I mean, it just—I don't know. I don't know. It, he is. She really put it well uh, that he is—he is falling upward or whatever the the turn of phrase is. Mm-hmm. He's succeeding as he as he tumbles ahead. Well, I think it depends on which part of the Democratic Party you're asking when it comes to Pete Buttigieg. If you ask progressives. They likely feel the way that Kylie does. Um, if you ask more moderate Democrats, I think that those individuals really, really love Pete Buttigieg. Um, it's probably the same people that get very upset when you criticize Nancy Pelosi, um, who will then uh, start telling you that Mitch McConnell is really bad, as though <laughs> right, <laughs> making right. a criticism about Nancy Pelosi means that you're not aware that... Mitch McConnell yeah, or, is indeed a terrible person. Or don't share in that idea. Yeah. It's like, I'm not fucking over here standing for goddamn Mitch McConnell because I think Nancy Pelosi's dropped the ball a million times. Come on. Yeah. And maybe this is just kind of my Twitter mind where I feel like. Oh, no. It's also a Facebook mind. <laughs> that could be it. Where you make a criticism of one of these individuals in the Democratic Party and then you start to be viewed as like an outsider. Yeah. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's very, very odd. So anyway, Kylie. Uh, oh, and then the Trump thing. 
Listen, I've I've we I've specifically talked about it in videos and here on the show, and I think Brittany shares in this that Trump absolutely should be held accountable. Uh, Joe Biden is making a lot of noise right now about the independence of his judi- uh, of his uh, Justice Department, and I am hoping that all that is is to reassure people that when Donald Trump does get indicted. He can hide behind the fact that, hey, man, I told you it was going to be independent. I have nothing to do with this. Hmm. I'm. There was a quote this summer that he, uh, during an interview, I believe it was with uh, MSNBC, where he said uh, that even talking about prosecuting Trump is bad for democracy. And I railed hard. And this is actually, Brittany, another instance where I got dragged by YouTube people and Democrats in the comments because I was attacking Joe Biden. Oh, he can do no wrong. No. Yeah. yeah. I'm here to criticize. I'm here to critique. I'm here to push the party and America and our leaders, whoever they may be, in the direction I think is the right one. Yeah. People can disagree, but it, it, this isn't a, a fucking a cool kids club. Mm-hmm. And if you don't share in the cool kids club ideas, you're pushed aside. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. I'm in the cool kids club because I'm a citizen and a goddamn voter. Yeah. Sorry, I got a little fired. Well, one thing I'm thinking about when it comes to the possibility of criminal prosecution and whether or not that happens, I I think it's pretty important that if they're for the next attorney general to come in and look at the abuses of power and figure out what reforms would be necessary going forward to repair the the issues that we have, especially related to like the presidential pardons, right? I mean, there needs to be a review of the list of pardons, what they were done for. That's going to take a constitutional amendment. And, well, I mean, we need to start this process because, especially with what came out today about Paul Manafort, Jared Kushner's dad, um, Roger, Roger Stone, Stone being pardoned. Being pardoned on top of his the clemency that he was granted by Trump a couple months ago. Yeah. And that's comes on the heels of the day before when George Papadopoulos was pardoned and Alex Vanderswan was pardoned and Duncan Hunter was pardoned and Chris Collins was pardoned and the four mercs, the four Blackwater mercenaries who committed atrocious war crimes, killing over a dozen Iraqis. One of them was like a nine-year-old kid. They got pardoned. It's just, Look, every president does this where they make pardons that are criticizable, that are suspect, I guess. But Donald Trump has done it in a way that is completely unique to him, self-serving to him, really, especially with like the Jared Kushner thing. God damn. it, It is serving the elite and the connected and fuck everybody else. Well, and when I when I spoke earlier about like the the attorney general and uh, looking at the the years in the Trump administration and making recommendations for reform. I think I'm more focused on the system and how to bring integrity back to the Justice Department and repair some of the damage that has been done related to the rule of law. Yeah. And sure. um, I mean, I, I don't. I don't know how successful any of those endeavors will be, but I, I think that's more what I was trying to get at with that. Yeah. I, I mean, there are certain constraints just based on what system we have and the powers that have been granted um, 
different offices by the Constitution, the pardon power being one of them. But moreover, what's really going to make a difference going forward is adherence to the rule of law and an independence of the the, uh, Justice Department, which, look, the the Justice Department isn't uh, an entirely independent organization. It absolutely is a political body just because it's filled with fucking politicians. That's the way it is. But I don't know how great the Justice Department's going to be with a guy like Doug Jones at, at the helm. And that's who's being floated out there right now. Doug, hmm. Senator Doug Jones from Alabama. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. But we need somebody with the backbone and not somebody who... I mean, he Doug Jones may have well been... Uh, he's, he's a Joe Manchin-type character where he sided with Republicans a lot of times. And, you know, we need somebody who has a very clear view of exactly what kind of uh, nonsense isn't going to be tolerated. And, and you know, maybe he is that guy. I, I don't know. But uh, this isn't a call. You said this today earlier about this isn't, you know, we're, we're not calling. It's not a lock her up, lock him up, lock him up thing. It's really seeking justice. Absolutely independent investigations. And if they find wrongdoing, which we've already know they found because Robert Mueller found a shit ton of it. There should be prosecutions. There should be a trial because uh, if not, we do we, we absolutely have two different systems of justice, one for the haves and one for the have-nots. And uh, that going forward, we need to fight against with every fiber of our being. All right, next call. Hey, Jesse and Brittany, it's Josh from Wisconsin. This time I'll try to keep it under three minutes. Um, hope you guys are staying safe in California with all the COVID outbreak going on, even worse out there, and ICU beds being limited. Stay safe and stay healthy. Um, I wanted to m- talk about the new revelation that Trump is actually threatening to reject the COVID relief bill unless we increase payments from $600 to $2,000. That's, I hate to say this, but I actually fully agree with Trump's proposal that this bill should be rejected because the American people need help. Quite frankly, we need more help than $600. And I want to give credit to the Democrats, especially AOC and Rashida Tlaib. AOC and Rashida Tlaib very quickly got an amendment ready and had it proposed and said, hey, let's do this. We fully agree with the president. And to Pelosi and Schumer's credit, they actually endorsed it and put the ball in Mitch McConnell's court. Now, it's not going to happen. Let's be realistic because McConnell's not going to let it pass. But what's great about this is it puts this pressure on uh, Kelly Leffler and David Perdue to explain to the voters in Georgia with this runoff why they rejected the money that Donald Trump said he wanted to give them. So... I'm actually curious to see what your guys' take is on this because this is a development I didn't expect. And I hate to say I agree with Trump on it, but give the devil his due. I agree. Uh, Anyway, keep doing what you guys are doing. Love the show. You both are the best part. Uh, Merry Christmas to the two of you and Popeye. I hope you guys have a great New Year. Talk to you later. Bye. Well, what a very nice summary Josh did. I feel like he did all of our work. For us, really. I wish I had a drop for the outro. Would just play the music out. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, but that's all done in post, Brittany Page. Exactly. Well, that that was a great summary, like I said. And yeah, this is actually the Democrats doing things right right now, doing what they should always be doing, which is highlighting the um, Republicans who are getting in the way and using that to their advantage to win over public opinion you and mean- to force Republicans <laughs> to cooperate. You mean... As opposed to Nancy Pelosi on the floor of the House of Representatives giving a speech and describing the $600 payment to Americans as significant. Yeah. Is that what you mean? Well, she said she wished it was more. So, yeah. Yeah. But she did call it significant. And $600, I don't know if you guys know, but it's uh, it's actually not significant. It's a very small amount. Especially when you have, and people keep referencing, I'm I'm doing it, the, the study of an estimated 12 million American renters owing like 5,500 in back rent. I've been referencing that for about a month. So tack on an additional amount in that average. That average has gone up yeah. in a month because a month has passed, so they owe more rent. That's right. And if you live in Southern California... We might as well tack on at least $1,500, let's say. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, mean, in different areas of the country, rent is very much a problem. Yeah, so I like how Josh gave credit to AOC. I want to, before we move on, go ahead. But after you talk, I want to play the Nancy Pelosi thing. Because this is another moment where you criticized Nancy Pelosi online and people came for you. A little bit. We also have in the legislation uh, direct payments, which were not in the Republican bill, to America's working families. I would like them been bigger, but they are uh, significant, and they will be going out soon. They are significant. I, I wish they were bigger, but they're significant. Yeah. And listen, in my work that I do, I I hear from people during the day that, this is this is going to do nothing for their situation. Yeah, even people who really, really need it right now. Yeah, I mean it's it's a drop in the bucket, and of course, any money helps. That's that's not what anyone is saying, but it's it's almost laughable when you think about the need that is out there. For sure. Yeah, and the thing that we haven't addressed yet is really the initial question that Josh brought up, and that is Trump's refusal or poo-pooing this thing because it's not $2,000, it's only 600 I for sure question Trump's motives because he's a selfish cock. Absolutely. And, um, he shouldn't be taken at face value. But if he is in any way able to get his bootlicking sycophantic Republicans to twist and turn and maybe go more than 600 maybe 1200 or 1800 or well, even 2000 fine, that would be great. My only concern would be it took fucking nine months to get where we are now. We can't leave it up to Congress to 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 crack the whip and make shit happen fast. People fucking need help. They are desperate for for money. Desperate. So I hope he didn't gum up the works in some effort to make himself look like some, uh, you know, uh, white knight. Or or cover for his pardons today. <laughs> I Which also could be. Very well could be. Well, there there were reports that he was talking about how there should be $2,000 checks 
uh, days before he came out and made this announcement. So my question is, where were the Democrats on that in saying, hey, uh, we're reading these reports that the president wants $2,000 checks. What's going on here? Why aren't you guys on board with that? We should be continuing to push for $2,000 checks if that's what the president wants. Right. Here's the other thing is don't let your MAGA friends and family tell you that see Donald Trump wants 2000 well if that's the case where the fuck was he during the negotiations yeah. Donald Trump was nowhere to be found I'll tell you where he was he was in his bedroom watching Newsmax and fucking OAN and whining about the election not governing he wasn't his people even the White House staff was not in the negotiation room in Congress that's where they needed to be you can't blow the fucking deal up after the fact because you didn't like the way it came out Fuck you. This is emblematic of the last four years. Jerk off. I think even Maggie Haberman tweeted something like that because while he was reading from the teleprompter, he was making comments about what had been written for him, which were making it apparent that he had been relatively disconnected from all this. Like he was having realizations as (laughs) he's reading from the teleprompter. Um, I forgot what phrase she used to describe it, but it was it was really funny. And you're exactly right. I mean, how much credit does he deserve for this? Or is this a last ditch effort effort to just blow things up? Yeah. And draw attention to himself. I mean, who who really knows what his motives are? But if he wanted the two thousand dollar checks days before this, then where was he yeah, if you talking re- to Mitch McConnell? If he really wanted it, if he really fucking cared at all, he would have made he would have used the bully pulpit of the presidency to address the nation and force the hands of Republicans. But he didn't because he doesn't give a fuck. And I think Bernie Sanders tweeted and also said, hey, we proposed two thousand dollar checks seven months ago. Right. So we're happy that you're on board now. You know, Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. I mean, I- I'm. I'm maybe not as, as, um, what's the opposite of optimistic? I'm maybe not as, uh, cynical as, as Josh to think that it's not going to happen at all. It, it, there's a possibility, but, uh, I'm not, I'm not holding my fucking breath. Mm-hmm. I, I'll tell you that. Well, let's do 2,600. Just do the, do the 600. And the 2,000. And then add the 2,000. And it's not going at, it, it's $75,000 or less that you make per year. Mm-hmm. It's not, this isn't going out to, to, to one percenters. Yeah. Jeff it's Bezos re- isn't waiting on his job. Yeah. It's really the people who it's going to be the most impactful for. So um, anyway, we'd love to know what you think. 657-464-7609. I doubt it at dollamore.com. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dollamore. Before we do that, I got this really important message and I forgot to read it and I wanted to get your your input really quick. Uh, I'm kind of afraid. Well, Paul sent an email here and he says, speaking of sleazy grifters, have you looked in the mirror lately? Yeah, I I tweeted that before we went to the show, before we went live. So I just I wanted to give you an opportunity to comment any kind of. Yeah, every day, sir. Every single day I I look into the mirror and it's, you know, it's kind of a bummer some days. Uh, And I wish there wasn't a joke about me. um, 
I was going to say, and I sleep well at night, even though I fucking don't sleep well at night. My sleep <laughs> lately has been a goddamn nightmare. It has. Oh, man. Waking up at like 4 a.m., I get up. It's just, God, it's terrible. And then by the time you get home from work, I'm ready to pass out. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Things have been a little screwy around yeah, here. Yeah, I need to get my sleep unfucked. Seriously. But yeah, <laughs> Paul, was that the guy's name? Yes. Paul, yes. Um... Speaking of grifters, how the fuck? A- Listen, <laughs> if I had, if I was making the kind of money to be grifter status, man, that would be fantastic. Yeah, but I assure you, um, this one car household with a 2015 Toyota Corolla, <laughs> uh, I'm not a grifter, brother. Not a grifter. <laughs> All right, now to our new Patreon supporters who will be getting stickers from us. Yes! Don't forget, we're sending, we're sending. The sticker created by Sarah in Connecticut, and also the new sticker with the new logo. So expect those in the new year. Exciting. We would like to thank Chris W. Chris W. Chimbus. Chimbus. Tony M. Tony M. And John M. Jr. John M. Jr. Thank you very much to our new Patreon supporters and to all of our Patreon supporters. We very much appreciate you. We had a really good time on our Patreon hangouts. Uh, the first one of the month was a little small, which is always fine. Very sparsely attended. But the second <laughs> one was very nice. We had some new people that were on the call. Always love that. Including Kylie in Colorado, yeah. and uh, it was it was a really awesome time. So don't forget, we have the monthly hangouts as a reward on Patreon. We're going to be sending stickers out to everyone in the new year with the new logo and the logo created by Sarah in Connecticut. So make sure to sign up because if you sign up on Patreon, you will get those stickers as well. And if you have stickers or when you get these stickers, please tag us on Twitter. Tag us on Instagram, whatever, Facebook. We'd love to see where they end up. Uh, it's a, it's a little, it's a little spark of joy mm-hmm. for us. Yeah. At least it is for me. Yeah, it sparks joy for Jesse D. Oh yeah, that's that uh, Marie. That, that uh, ne- Marie Kondo. Yeah, the Netflix lady. Yeah, yeah. That's not what I was talking about, but <laughs> apparently it seeped. <laughs> apparently it, it was. It seeped into my brain. Mm-hmm. All right, we love you guys. Thank you for all your support. You are the best. Stalemocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So can we talk about Joe Biden? Gave a press conference the other day. And uh, I want to play this one particular clip that you brought to my attention, Brittany, that I named Joe Biden Fantasyland. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. And he's asked by, I believe, uh, Jeff Zeleny Hmm. from CNN about going forward and whether or not it's realistic to expect Republicans to work with him. Because that's kind of been Joe Biden's refrain uh, during the entire campaign is that we're going to get back to normal and be able to work together and reach across the aisle. And he has this very outdated, I believe, old-fashioned idea about the Republican Party and just how willing or amenable to compromise they are. It's as though Joe Biden has been hermetically sealed in a fucking mayonnaise jar somewhere, not witnessing the carnage that Republicans have brought onto the nation, especially over the last four years, 
but really for decades prior to that. Listen to this question and answer. Given the narrow majorities in the House and Senate, you've watched many administrations come and go. Do you believe that you will have a honeymoon to get things accomplished? I don't think it's a honeymoon at all. I think it's a nightmare that everybody's going through and they all say it's got to end. It's not a honeymoon. They're not doing me a favor. I'll ask you a rhetorical question I don't expect you to answer. And that is, do you think that Republicans who are losing their businesses, do you think Republican constituents out there who can't pay their mortgage, do you think they're not letting their Republican representatives know they got a problem? Do you think the person who just lost some a family member and is worried about losing another one who happens to be a Republican, a staunch Republican, isn't telling his or her Republican senator or state representative, you've got to help, you've got to get something done? Do you think all those people who are making judgments of whether or not I'm, my child will be able to go to school and I have to stay home and I can't go to work, therefore I have no income, are all Democrats? I think there's just been a dawning here. And look, you have a different team in town. You have a different team in town. I'm not going to villainize the opposition, but I'm going to stand and say this is what we got to do because they know it. They know it. I, I just don't know where this approach is going to get him. In it, it isn't about making the opposition the villain, but it is about speaking honestly about what you're getting from the opposition. That's and, right. and I think that that is... That's really the central problem here. And you see it even with the Democratic Party when you criticize someone like Nancy Pelosi, for example, and everyone starts to think, well, what what are you saying? What are you doing? This can't possibly be true. She's on the Democratic side, right? Well, we, we, we even say it with Joe Biden. Oh, you can't criticize. Wait until he's in office. It's too important right now to not criticize blah, 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 blah. Yeah, and it's not about making someone a villain, it's speaking honestly about what's going on. Right. And if Joe Biden is still not to the point, like he's not looking around and saying, okay, now is the time to speak honestly about what I'm seeing with the Republicans, then I don't know when he's going to get to that point. For me, it's which Republican Party is he fucking thinking of? Is it, I mean, when? The Republican Party of the 70s? Of the 60s? Or is it the Republican Party that we've witnessed that completely stonewalled and uh, boycotted any progress during Barack Obama's administration? And then as soon as he's gone, railroads the judiciary with insane, unqualified judicial picks, um, whines and complains about budgetary constraints and the deficit. And then as soon as their guy gets in, one, one and a half trillion dollar deficits every fucking year while there's economic boom times. Those Republicans, the Republicans that didn't say a fucking thing about Donald Trump talking about Nazis being good, very fine people. The Republicans that have systematically suppressed the vote, shutting down hundreds and hundreds of polling stations across the country in every single state. That, that Republican Party... Is that the one you're going to be able to work with? Get the fuck out of here. It's it, one, I don't believe he's that naive. I think it's some kind of a power pressure play to to force them into a corner and it's not going to work. Yeah, They're I don't, more savvy than that. Yeah, I don't see how that would work at all. It, his his approach seems to be having this idea that the Republican Party is filled with people like Mitt Romney. 
when Mitt Romney is the lone holdout in having any even remote criticism for Donald Trump. And he's also a a, a, a piece of shit, too, who wanted Donald Trump gone, voted to convict him, and then voted for his Supreme Court picks after the fact. Get the, not, none of them are worthy. None of them. Yeah, and I'm I'm certainly not making the argument that Mitt Romney is worthy, but I'm no, I'm trying not. I'm trying to figure out how <laughs> Joe Biden still feels this way. I mean, where where this where this glimmer of hope is is coming from because it's not based on evidence. If it's based on evidence, then you don't feel the way that he feels. Yeah. Well, it's also it completely ignores the fact that there there is a leadership problem. And th- I don't just mean like the leaders of the Republican Party are bad. I mean, you have to deal with the leaders. It doesn't matter what Justin Kensinger or whatever the fuck that guy's name is, who sometimes disagrees with Donald Trump. It doesn't matter what Justin Amash says. It matters what Mitch McConnell says. It matters what, what um, um, Kevin McCarthy says doesn't matter what some rando in the Republican elected official thinks. You have to deal with the leadership that's installed, and the leadership is radical. The leadership is obstinate. The leadership is ready to throw up a roadblock at every fucking turn, and that's what we're witnessing right now, even with the coronavirus stimulus package. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ron Johnson from Wisconsin is now all clutching his pearls about the deficit and saddling our children with debt when he doesn't give a fuck about Americans being saddled with debt. It's the government can't handle it. Get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. It's like that news package that we played about homelessness in LA and the woman was like, what's happening to our sidewalks? Right. <laughs> Um, how about what's happening to the people, the human beings living on the sidewalks? Anyway, um, I thought we were just coming out of a call, but that was a clip. Yeah. I'm just, this for me is disheartening. This makes me really hope that there's a plan in place and he's going to put smart people around him. It's not necessarily what I'm seeing relative to the cabinet. It looks like a bunch of the same old, same old, a bunch of Obama administration people. There's not new, fresh ideas. It's kind of the, you know, same same story. I mean, you're gonna listen. If you're expecting different results with the same fucking team, that's not smart. Well, I think a lot of people are just wanting to get back to neutral. Yeah, they're not ju- good enough. Yeah. Well, I, I I know I know you don't think. Yeah, that. and I I just think that people are feeling okay. I want to stop feeling the way that I'm feeling every day when I read the headlines. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And there are downsides and positive. Like I understand where those people are coming from, but there are definitely downsides to that. And yeah. I. I am not sure how all of this is going to go over the next month, you know, with the inauguration. And I I hope that Joe Biden gets up there and he doesn't mince words and he really speaks honestly about what the past four years have been with Donald Trump at the helm. Yeah, yeah. And what we need to do moving forward. I don't want any of this fake talking about what we're grateful for in his leadership. Like, I don't, if I see any of that, I'm going to be very upset. Yeah, well. Like, I don't I don't even want them to stand next to each other. I, I want him yeah, yeah, to yeah. leave, and I just want there to be, like, a clean, fresh 
start. There needs we need to deal with reality on reality's terms, like I hear you say a lot. For sure. And I want to avoid the moments where Joe Biden would like a a slow motion American flag waving behind him as God bless yes. America plays slowly in the background and he rallies America to its feet. <laughs> I'm just fuck no. That's not where we are. Exactly. That's not where we are. That's not what we need right now. No, 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 no. And it is if he's going to be speaking in platitudes about reaching across the aisle and trying to not denigrate what the damage that, that or denigrate Donald Trump and talk about the damage that he did for fear of alienating QAnon idiots and the 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 horde of fucking mag Americans that voted for Donald Trump look brother that's where we are we are beyond the shining city on a hill Reagan-esque speeches and calls to patriotism we're not there we need to undo the fucking damage that was done by Donald Trump and his Republican Party. Mm-hmm. It didn't happen in a fucking vacuum. Everything that Donald Trump was able to accomplish, he was able to accomplish because of the Republican fucking Party. Donald Trump didn't have a gun to their head. They went willingly. Rallied around him, propped him up. God damn. At every turn. So come on, Joe. Only now are they trying to jump ship. That brings me to the next clip. God damn, that is perfect, Brittany Page. That's what I'm here for. Bill Barr. <laughs> oh, Bill Barr. Bill Barr gave a speech, gave a, a, a Q&A. He did a little presser the other day. And he is, tur- now he's trying to, in my, my estimation, he's trying to save a little face at the 11th hour. In the 59 minute, the 59th minute of the 11th hour, he's trying to jump ship and act like, oh, this is too crazy for me. I'm a patriot who loves America, and Donald Trump has gone too far. Not going to work, bro. We watched you tear gas peaceful protesters. We watched you be Donald Trump's fucking lap boy doing his dirty work and his errands this entire time. Listen to this. It's uh, Joe Johns, one of my favorites from CNN, because I was on a, a a Senate campaign bus tour with this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a nice guy. Anyway, it's from CNN. And turning to our politics lead now, in a major rebuke of the president, his attorney general today says he sees no reason to appoint a special counsel to investigate voter fraud or seize election machines. But as CNN's Joe Johns reports, the president is still unleashing on Twitter today, refusing to accept he lost the election. As President Trump intensified his efforts today on Twitter to convince Americans the election should be overturned, his outgoing attorney general was once again rebuking the president's false claims of mass election fraud. Good morning, everyone. Uh, Barr took questions from reporters today, two days before he set to leave the Justice Department, answering whether a special counsel should be named to investigate voter fraud in the November election. If I thought a special counsel at this stage was the right tool uh, and was appropriate, I, <clears throat> I, would do, I would name one, but I haven't, and I'm not going to. Sunday, Trump attorney Sidney Powell, who's been pushing Trump to name her the special counsel on election fraud, was seen leaving the White House. She, along with recently pardoned former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn, pushing outlandish ideas, including invoking martial law and seizing voting machines. Another idea Barr today rebuked. I see no basis now for 
seizing machines by the federal government. As Trump continues to stew on Twitter, he's also been speaking with allies, like former White House chief strategist Steve Bannon, who told the president not to attend President-elect Biden's inauguration. He is not going to back down. He will never concede. We got to win. Trump also soliciting Alabama Senator-elect Tommy Tuberville to challenge the Electoral College vote in Congress on January 6th, something Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell has been trying to quash. I spoke to a great gentleman, Tommy Tuberville, last night, and he is so excited. He said, he said, you made me the most popular politician in the United States. The president praising Tuberville after the Alabama Republican said this. Well, you see what's coming. You've been reading about it in the House. Barr also threw cold water on the president's claims over the weekend that China might be responsible for the massive cyber attack on U.S. federal agencies, which has been tied to a Russian group. I agree with uh, Secretary Pompeo's assessment. It certainly appears to be the Russians. Senator Mitt Romney warning Jake on State of the Union this Russian aggression should be a wake-up call. The president has a blind spot when it comes to Russia. They've done this sort of thing before. They've done it again. And one more note, Pam, Sidney Powell, the attorney who made a reputation for herself by spreading baseless conspiracy theories about the election, was not only spotted here at the White House last night, she was also spotted here by our team today. The personal attorney for the president, Rudy Giuliani, was spotted here as well as concern continues about the president's mental state in the last 29 days of his administration. Back to you. So he's not going to ever concede, which has been something that I think we predicted early on. Yeah, yeah. He also flew to Florida today, to Mar-a-Lago, and there's speculation he may not even fucking return to Washington. Really? I've seen that, yeah. I don't know if I buy it, um, because that would really be tail between the legs bullshit, but uh, it's, it's fucking certainly within the wet realm of possibilities. Wow. Can you imagine? He just like pieces out. Like, fuck you. I'm going to Florida, bro. Well, it, it feels <laughs> kind of like that already. I mean, he went to Georgia and complained about <laughs> the election. He was supposed to be there for Purdue and Loeffler, but right. wasn't helping them out all that much. No. Yeah. Just, it's he's a grievance tour. Yeah. He's continued to be this very self-centered, self-pitying man. So uh, the the... I wanted to play this because this really is Bill Barr, and there's going to be others. There's going to be others. It's not just going to be him. This is Bill Barr trying to last-minute distance himself from the insanity and the damage that Donald Trump has caused, is willing to cause, and will cause in the future. And he shouldn't be let off the hook. It's the same thing that really fucking bugs me about CNN right now, putting John Bolton on to ask his opinion about how crazy Trump's been. Fuck you, John Bolton. You had a chance to testify before the Senate, and you refused. You could have been the fucking mark that turned America and forced the Senate to vote to to convict Donald Trump, and you didn't. You're a coward. You're not a patriot. You ha- you, your, 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 your duty to America was um, abdicated. And, and, and CNN, getting back to my point from the, the rant, um, CNN is giving him credibility. They're putting him on the air. And that is what Bill Barr hopes for. And I hope for the sake of hope and for the sake of, of, of moving forward in reality 
that these people are not allowed to rejuvenate their their um their reputations. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so we didn't talk about the the, the martial law bullshit. Everybody, everybody's heard about that. Donald Trump having meetings. They mentioned it in this clip. Uh, meetings with Sidney Powell. Meetings with Michael Flynn to possibly um, enact martial law in the states where Trump lost. Not all of America, just where Trump lost, because it's so inconceivable that people didn't want a fucking fascist as a president. Mm-hmm. But we're not going to talk about that. That's not going to happen. But he's on his way to Mar-a-Lago. Yeah, he's, he's going to Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> he doesn't care. Yeah, he's not hiding in the bunker waiting for the for the for the, the the rallying cry of Americans all over to push back against martial law. It's probably just a healing balm for his little bruised ego to yeah. sit down and have these conversations with other unhinged individuals who are just eager to massage and oh, yeah. make him feel great about himself. I mean, listen, if you have a membership to Mar-a-Lago, that's fucking you're the, uh. Oh, I was talking about I was talking about Sidney Powell and Michael Flynn. Oh, like he's enjoying right, having those course. people come to the White but House. But he's running and, to Mar-a-Lago. Yeah, I thought you were saying he's going to go and get his balls massaged there. No, no, I'm saying that he. <laughs> oh, his ego, yeah, not his balls. Yeah, that he's enjoying. I mean, it it must be nice to have all of these people rallying around you. You don't even need to do the work for you. Everyone is online yeah. complaining about voter fraud. But the group. Is getting smaller and smaller and smaller and fringier and cringier yeah. by the day. The group does not have many prominent, legitimate figures yeah, at this or, point. Or quote-unquote reputable anymore. Yeah, yes. At all. I mean, that really went downhill starting with the uh, landscaping fiasco. <laughs> Which Olivia Nuzzi wrote an article. I have it here that I haven't read yet, but she apparently goes, the, the, the name of the article is, I'll look at it. The full, and then parenthetically, full-est possible, the fullest possible story of the Four Seasons Total Landscaping press conference. It's uh, on, on in the New Yorker, mm-hmm. New York Magazine, yeah. Intelligencer. So check that out if you haven't uh, and if you're interested. All right. Let's wrap this up. It's the asshole of today. Pat Robertson. Pat Robertson. <laughs> I know. It's a shocker. Oh, we, we should have played his playing music. That's what we should have done. So, Pat Robertson. I'm not going to have very many opportunities to play this anymore. He is, you know, a, a, a melting wax candle right now. He is, (laughs) well, he's been all over the place. So he had the prophecy from God that Donald Trump was going to be president. And now he's like trying to talk sense into Donald Trump. I mean, he's he's all over the page. I want to play both because it is remarkable how you can have your wires crossed when communicating with the creator of all seen and unseen. If you have a bat phone to Jesus... You think the line would be pretty clear. You know what I mean? I mean, that's a that's a Google fiber signal if there ever was one. And um, he he did prophesy. He talked to God and God told him Donald Trump was going to be reelected. Here's that moment. There's going to be a war. Ezekiel 38 is going to be the next thing down the line. Then a time of peace. Then 
maybe the end. But nobody knows the day or the hour when the Lord's going to come back. He said, the angels don't know it. And only the Father knows it. So I'm not saying this is the second coming, but I am saying there are things that people have thought <clears throat> would be during a millennial time with the coming of Jesus that are going to happen in our lifetime. And uh, the next thing is the election that's coming up in just a few weeks, at which time, according to what I believe the Lord told me, the president is going to be reelected. I'm, not, I'm, I'm saying by all means, get out and vote, to, vote for whoever you want to vote for. But by all means, let your voice be heard. But it's going to lead to civil unrest of great proportion. Then a war against Israel and so forth and so on. Ugh. God told him it's going to be the president reelected. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't don't let that change your vote because then Jesus would be wrong. Right. Get out there and vote, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> so this was just the other day. I think it's all over. I think the Electoral College has spoken. I think the <laughs> the Biden uh, corruption uh, has not totally been brought to to. Uh, of fruition, but it doesn't seem to be affecting the Electoral College, and I don't think the Supreme Court is going to move in to do anything, and I think uh, we're going to see a President Biden, and I also think we'll be seeing a President Kamala Harris not too long after the inauguration of President Biden. With all his talent and the ability of to raise money and draw large crowds, the president still lives in an alternate reality. He really does. People say, well, he lies about this, that, and the other. But no, he isn't lying. To him, that's the truth. He had the biggest crowd on Inauguration Day. He had the, he had more people than ever. Uh, he was the most popular uh, people. Uh, he saved NBC, but with The Apprentice. You, know, you go down the line of things that really aren't true. And, you know, people kept pointing to them. But because they loved him so much and he was so strong for the evangelicals, the evangelicals were with him all the way. But there was something about him that was good, that God placed him in that office for the time. He's done a marvelous job for the economy. But at the same time, uh, he is very erratic and he uh, he's fired people and he's fought people and he's insulted people and keeps going down the line. So it's it's a mixed bag. And I think it, it would be well to say, uh, you've had your day, and uh, it's time to move on. How hilarious <laughs> is that line? Yeah. It's not lying to him. It's the truth. <laughs> yeah. Shocker that a televangelist grifter, speaking of grifters, Brittany Page, mm-hmm. he wouldn't really understand what a lie is. Right. You're not explaining what a lie is, dipshit. Just because he thinks it's true doesn't mean it's fucking truth. It's an alternative facts moment for Pat Robertson. Absolutely. Well, and, and, by the way, concerning the previous clip where he talked about Jesus coming back in our lifetimes, I wouldn't include our in your life there, Pat Robertson. You don't got long for the world there, guy. It's kind of, it's kind of been a theme of this segment is that you think Pat Robertson is going to be dead soon. We, I, I would love to be in a death pool where you, you bet. You create your list. That guy would be on my fucking list. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Okay. I'm not. I'm listen. I'm not wishing for his death, Brittany Page. Yeah. 
views and opinions expressed by Jesse Dollarmore are solely those of Jesse Dollarmore and do not reflect the views and opinions of Brittany Page, who is a far superior person and much more measured and reasonable in her views and analysis. I'm not wishing for his death. I'm just saying that if he were gone, the world would probably be a better place. Not quite a miserable fucking place. Just a modicum. The quotient of sorrow would be slightly different if Pat Robertson wasn't around. That's all I'm saying. Right. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. Okay. Well, I love his turnaround, right? He's able to make some criticism of Donald Trump. He sees that he has some flaws now. Where was that political commentary? Yeah, right. The past four years. Yeah. And also railing about Joe Biden's corruption. Get (laughs) the fuck out of here, man. Yeah. Unbelievable. Good times. Absolutely, actually, very believable. I look forward to what Pat Robertson has to say (laughs) about, or actually what God has to say to Pat Robertson about Joe Biden. Well, very interested in that. For those who are not fans of Kamala Harris, um, you're probably really happy right now because if if Pat Robertson's track record is any good and he's predicting that Kamala Harris is going to be president after Biden, you're probably pretty happy because he's probably wrong. Mm. <laughs> he His picker's kind of broken. Yeah, it seems that way. That's right. Anyway, we'd love to hear from you. 657-464-7609. You can always email a voice memo or a regular old email to idoubtit at dollamore.com. We love you guys. We would invite you to support the show, help produce the show on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dollamore and uh, pick your tier. We're getting ready to send out some stickers the first week of the, the new year. We'd love to have you on board. We will see you after Christmas. We love you guys. We'll see you next time. For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt It.